It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Copy, sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind Suck your mum, wherever she may be Cause I am the giver of straws, said me Because you can't even think of the rest now I feel like that was a good start That was, that was, that was inspired by Sean Sean messaged me last week and she said Oh, I think that you're, um It sounded like you were about to sing um, Lord of the I am the Lord of the Dance Yeah, she said it sounded like you were about to sing Lord of the Dance So, yeah But I feel like I've got lyrics I've got bars, you know Because I feel like I can carry that on Like, suck your mum Wherever she may be Because I am the giver of straw Said me And I'll hand them out Wherever I see fit Because you're a dumb bitch And you really tried it What? (laughs) Yeah I knew I had it in me I am the modern day Oscar Wilde <laughs> Yeah Because of the wild bit at the end of the name Honestly, that's that's probably why But, um, hi It's me, it is I Kelechi, Kelechi Okafor Welcome to another week of SYM Officially known as Say Your Mind And unofficially known as What What? That's right, Suck Your Mum Yes Ugh, it's these are tiring times. That's all I can say. I wish I'm looking forward to me coming in in a few weeks and saying I'm not tired, but currently I'm just exhausted. Yesterday I was at the studio um, teaching hen parties for the entire day. I was absolutely drained. Um, then I walked over to my mum's because my mum doesn't live too far from the studio. I went over to my mum's and she'd made some like nice jollof rice and some turkey, some roasted turkey. And I had that to replenish my soul. And then I just got, went home and just crawled into bed I was so exhausted like an entire day of parties like obviously big up all of the people that recommend hen parties and things and you know pole dance parties and twerk parties to their friends because it's you know really beneficial to me you know recommend some more of it please do because it means I can pay the rent (laughs) um but the business you know, that to the side, the business is doing well. And I just wanted to get to a point where, you know, it's like doing extremely, extremely well. Right now we're just, we're just plodding along. Um, but it's great. Like students are fantastic. Teachers are fantastic. Um, just everything's looking cool. And now I'm planning, um, the showcase, the Kolechnikov Studio Showcase, Spring Showcase, our first annual showcase where the teachers and the students will do pole dance and twerk performances and I just can't wait there'll be like food and drinks and obviously the link is up I'll also add the link to the captions um for these for the video and for the audio of the podcast so you can buy tickets if you want to come and support and see my students and teachers doing bits on the pole and twerking and stuff because I really want to cultivate that culture of a black owned pole dance and twerk studio, a black owned fitness studio, dance studio that is unapologetic about celebrating, you know, talents and while still remaining firmly, firmly grounded in its blackness. And that will become more apparent shortly when I tell you the fuckeries. Well, some of you would have seen my Instagram story, so we'll get into that anyway in a little bit. And as I mentioned earlier on this week, I'm sorry, earlier on last week, this week I'm filming a commercial. So I finally, after six years, finally booked another commercial since my last one. My last one was an Iron Brew commercial. So if you ever want to laugh, you can just Google um, Brew Island and you'll see me doing one waka waka accent. Um, but they flew me to Cape Verde, so I'm not complaining. But this one, they're not flying me nowhere. I'm doing it in England. Yes. Um, and I can't say what the brand is or what I'll be doing. But it's just nice to actually, after all of these fucking castings, going to one after the other, that I finally booked a commercial. Now, I just need the universe to send me a TV and film agent because I still don't have one since my last one. Shut up shop. 
a few years back. So it'd be nice to get a TV and film agent. So obviously we can get me into Black Panther 2. Like we've got things to do. Let's hurry up. Okay. So yeah, that's what I wanted to kind of say. That's, that's the bits. Those are the bits that I've been doing. And, and I'll be at Hot Walk on Thursday. I'll be performing on Thursday. If my tiredness does not get the better of me, I'll be performing at Hot Walk at the Oval Space on Thursday night, shaking my bum bum, dropping into splits, you know, them things there. And it'll be extremely late and I'll probably want my bed, but I'll put on a show as is required of me. So yeah, thank you all for tuning in. That's the end. Just joking. <laughs> no, let's get started. Like, like, let's get all the way into what we're meant to be doing here. So um, tarot for this week. Tarot for this week is absolutely wild because I really believe like the tarot cards they're snitches they're snitches because the t- like, i always say to you guys like tarot will never lie T- tarot will just tell you wagwan it is what it is whether you want to hear it whether you don't want to hear it you asked so here you go so this week instead of one card not even two cards it's three cards but it's so important that it's three cards because they tell a story the three cards together tell a story so the first card that came out um, was is the strength card and that's number eight and it's um in the major arcana so it's the strength card everything is upright so it's all fantastic news this is why it's great that it came up this way then the next card that came up straight after it is the ace of cups so i'll talk you through all of them shortly and then the next card is um the empress now I just can't tell you how much of a baby boy and baby girl life these cards are pretty much just depicting. So the strength card, I'll just talk you through the imagery. If, I don't know, somehow you've been listening to this show and you've never looked up tarot cards, I'll just talk you through the imagery. I'm always happy to do that because actually it's the imagery that sparks our intuition and delivers the message that we need. So, um, the strength card is a woman, um, a woman in a white dress with roses kind of um, around the dress. And she's got a garland of like roses above her head as well. And she's opening the mouth of a lion, but it doesn't look like she's forcefully opening the mouth of the lion. It looks like the lion is almost willing to um, cooperate with her. So it's, it's interesting. And above of, um, um, on top of the garlands, we've got the sign of infinity. You know, that loop, that loop-de-loop. We've got that loop-de-loop of infinity above her head. So I think that that's really important as well. So the strength card. Talking about the strength card then in isolation, the strength card is just that. The strength card asks for us to channel our inner strength. Um, like I said, this lady, this woman isn't forcing the mouth of the lion open because we know that the lion is a ferocious animal. It's ferocious. It's, it's the king of the jungle, you know? So imagine this woman in a white dress, no, no stain on it, none. She's just coming through and she's like, open your mouth. I said, open your mouth. And the lion is, you know, is cooperating and looking up at her, behaving itself, like almost just succumbing to her. Now, it could mean one of two things. How I read this card is that the lion also um, represents our inner strength. The lion is our inner strength. And it's just talking about how we should be able to control our inner, our inner beast, our inner fire, our inner lion. We should be able to control it and have it come out when we need it to. Um, The sign of infinity around her head makes me think about the fact that it's almost a karmic lesson. You know, when we talk about karma, when we talk about redoing things over and over, patterns that we redo over and over in our lives until we get that shit right, this is one of those things. And because this is a very Leo card as well, Leo Aquarius, but very much Leo, um, it, if you're a Leo, it's probably speaking to you more than the rest of us. But it's really saying like, 
you can't just walk through your whole entire life being shy. You know, like I appreciate all of you that write into me and you say, oh, thank you for speaking out about the things that you said, you know, that you speak out about. I couldn't do it. I'm too shy. I'm too this. I'm too that. And this card is just saying, no, nobody can ever say the words that are on your heart, no matter how close you think that they are to doing it. Only you have the power to say what you need to get, you know, to, to have said. Um, if you've got a boss at work that's constantly bullying you or one dickhead supervisor who you like, you're always biting your tongue, biting your tongue. Nayira Wahid says in one of her poems, like we, the tongue was not meant for us to swallow it. Yeah. So you're going to choke. Like this is asking you to use your inner beast, like your inner power and speak out about the things that matter to you. But at the same time, control it because some people just love anger. They just love being angry all the time and they feel like that's where their power lies. And before I started therapy, I used to be that kind of person that when I got angry, oh, that's the time that I would pop off. And that was like, almost in a weird way, my favorite time, because I recognized anger more than I recognized other emotions. And so through therapy, it's identifying the fact that that beast cannot be out all of the time. You have to find a place and time to use that energy. And this is what this is saying as well. And at the same time, the strength card, I feel like also speaks to the fact that you might be coming up against really challenging times, whether it's in a personal relationship or whether it's in business, um, and it's, yeah, it might be a challenging few months. It might just be, you know, challenging generally, but good will come of it because you have that inner, we all have that divine femininity within all of us to see the process through. We are in control of the process, no matter how ferocious it might feel. So that's the strength card in isolation. Then we move to the ace of cups. And I think, I don't know if we've spoken about the ace of cups before, but it's the first card in the suit of cups. Cups, we're usually talking about emotions and the ace cards are usually beautiful. They're usually like talking of opportunities and blessings coming our way. You know, the first card in the suit, always optimistic, the beginning of a journey. That's what the ace cards usually speak to. So when we look at the ace of cups, we've got um, a white hand reaching out from the clouds and it's holding a chalice, like um, a golden chalice. And there's a dove above um, that has one of those wafers, you know, them wafers that we used to eat. Um, well, if you, if you're, if you're not a Catholic, you would not have eaten this, but whenever you'd go to mass or Sunday mass and they'll go body of Christ and you'd be like, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to eat some bread. <laughs> yeah. Or no, you'd say body of Christ back. But, um, yeah, so the dove's holding that and water is streaming out. It's streaming out from the cup. It's not, the water isn't going into the cup. The water's coming out from the cup into the kind of pond below. And the pond below I see is our spiritual self. And this is just the emotion and the blessings and the wealth that can come from love and kindness. The more that we give it out, the more they actually fill and replenish everything around us. So this card is speaking to opportunity. And also we can't forget that the chalice is almost like a receptacle. You're going to see where I'm going with this shortly. That, but the chalice is like a receptacle and the dove being pure is um, almost childlike, childlike in essence. So with those cards already, these two cards coming together, I'm getting a very big vibe of fertility. That's what I would say, like a very, very big vibe of fertility and things being abundant. So it might not even be fertility in the literal sense of having a baby or whatever, but in terms of business, that this is a time for you. If you can channel the inner strength to see through the challenges coming forward or coming towards you, you will be able to reap so many benefits because so many things are going to grow from what you are doing um, and they'll grow in abundance and they will, they will fill you. They will make you feel accomplished and loved and, you know, held by the universe. And that's how I see this. I almost see us as the cup that the, all of these things are springing forth from. And we're being held gently by the hand of the universe. So that's the Ace of Cups. Now, the third card was the Empress. And the Empress is like the baby girl. She's like Venus. She's Isis. You know, she definitely represents fertility. We even see the sign of femininity right by her, by her feet. 
The Empress is everything about luxury. She's sitting on a beautiful, like gorgeous cushion. She again is wearing roses. So the, the, this vibe of roses, it was really, really prominent today. This idea of red, fertility, growth, and, and just abundance. She is a card of abundance and she's not freaked out by it. It's a very motherly image and she's experience. She's used to things going her way. She's used to ruling over everything that she sees in her immediate and sometimes even global kingdom. She is the embodiment of success. She's not a queen. We're not talking about a queen here. We're talking about an empress. Like she has more power. She has more power and she's more regal, yet she's just calm out in these fields, just chilling. And when we see wheat as well, um, that's an I that's um, alluding to success and the harvesting and growth and there's water behind her as well there's water streaming just behind her as well so that's also someone who's in touch with their intuition and they're using it all the time in the background to guide everything that they do so the order that cards come out in as well as um you know, the cards that actually come out, they are significant. So if I, like I said to you, the strength card came out first, then the ace of cups and then the empress. So to me, what that's saying is that challenges are going to come your way. And sometimes they might not even be external challenges. They might be challenges on the inside. There's a beast within you that you need to quell or you need to release, but you need to know how to use this beast. You can't let it just be domesticated or on the flip side, you can't let it just be ferocious and wild with no, without taming it, without setting boundaries. If you can master this, you're not going to keep repeating patterns that you've been repeating in this life, maybe, and even from your past lives, because you You'll keep having these lessons until you get them right. And fam, you don't want to be the dunce that's held back in the universe for eternity because you can't, you keep doing the same things that aren't helping you to elevate your higher self or, you know, um, elevate your higher self. So once you can figure out this pattern and you can master it, you're opening yourself up to all the abundance and joy and wealth that can come your way in terms of um, growth and love. And, you know, that's even in terms of relationships, you want to be in the right place to be able to embrace new relationships and new opportunities. And so that's what this card is really saying with the Ace of Cups right next to it. And it's saying that when these opportunities come, because you've been able to master the strength within you are now the empress and that's applying to guys too because we are but we are a beautiful culmination of femininity and masculinity and the empress plays a massive role in that and this is a very fertile very feminine energy coming through um and we shouldn't shy away from it because there's strength in femininity there's strength in sensuality there's strength in sexuality and this is what the cards are really saying that if you want to rule over everything that you see if you really want the things that you claim that your heart desires you're going to need to learn how to either to tame either way you're going to need to learn how to tame that lion within and be able to control the external lions that want to come for you you have to be able to calmly get them to do what you want them to do because at the end of the day you are going to be the empress you are going to rule over them whether they like it or not a prayer that my pastor is always saying for me is that Kalechi, you'll be the head never the tail and that's what I'm saying to everybody else you will be the head never the tail so therefore you have to find a way to tame and and grow that your that inner fire that inner strength within you so then when the blessings come you can stand firm to receive them and to give them out so then you can rule comfortably over everything that you see. So those are the cards that we have. Nice and beautiful, nice and beautiful cards for tarot this week. Ugh. Now, moving on, let's move on then to share your magnificence. So share your magnificence. I'm going to go to first. Who should I go to first? I'm going to go to Cece first, Cece Alexandra. So Cece writes, hi, Kelechi. I would like to give a shout out for Share Your Magnificence to myself. As far as I'm aware, I'm the only black female epilepsy campaigner for epilepsy ca action in the UK, talking openly about the racism in epilepsy research and in the NHS. I've appeared in epilepsy aw um, awareness pieces for the BBC 
And we all know that medicine is extremely white centric. All research and drug trials are done on white people. I blogged about this recently and her blog is called um, the wallflower in wonderland.com. If you want to check it out, that is the wallflower in wonderland.com. And carrying on, Cece says, it seems that since I've been speaking more about racism and intersectionality within epilepsy, unfortunately, I've lost support within the community from my white peers who feel that I'm too aggressive, but they didn't ever think so when I was talking about race and was just talking about the, and wasn't talking about race and was just talking about the side effects of medication, which are awful by the way, and make you feel like you're 50 years older than you actually are. And when I was retweeting epilepsy first aid videos, in fact, I was the, I was one of the gang. Thankfully, Epilepsy Action, epilepsy.org.uk, the epilepsy charity who I campaign for, have been incredibly supportive in the road I've taken. Um, to my white pe- uh, peers who find me aggressive, my response is, I just don't want to die. And right now I have a quality of life, which is shockingly substandard below theirs because clinicians know a lot less about my anatomy and my concerns are often ignored. This is because of my race. If I am aggressive, it's about my education as well as aggressively learning about my condition to help myself and others. I'm also studying in a master's in mental health and psychology because I have a special interest in black men- mental health. You can follow my journey again on the wallflower in wonderland.com. The epilepsy nurse also jokes that I know more about epilepsy than her, but how is that funny? On a personal note, I'm one of the shyest people you'll ever meet. When I meet someone new, I have to play truth or dare in my head to work up the courage to start up a conversation. Furthermore, it's taken me weeks, Kalechi, to work up the courage to write this email to you. I love listening to your podcast. I love everything you do. You're my inspiration. Thanks for reading this, Cece. So big up yourself, Cece, because look, can you see your age mate? Huh? Can you see your age mate? Can you see Cece there? overcoming her shyness she's overcoming her shyness and she's doing the thing that scares her she wrote in and she continues to speak out about epilepsy and and more of us need to be made more aware of it i often say like the healthcare system that we've got in this system is shocking because they know so little just the healthcare system globally they know so little about black bodies which is funny because the cells that they were using um, from Henrietta Lacks, you know, the black woman in America that they, you know, her, her cells could regenerate and they took it from her without her consent while, and while she was um, suffering from cancer, I think. And they were using it in secret and they called it the healer cells and they never attributed it to her. So her family didn't know until one person told them that actually, you know, it's your mother's cells that has helped so much research in this, um, especially with John Hopkins and, th- and you know, um, university and things like that and, and the hospital. This woman's cells helped to find so many cures for so many diseases and her family don't get anything for that. I mean, Oprah helped to um, produce a film about it and I watched it and I was just so sad. But even though her cells are used for things like this, not enough research, not enough is known about black people to actually help us. I mean, we know that those motherfuckers took a group of people, took a group of men. Um, I can't remember which decade, but I want to say the 70s or the 80s. And they gave the, they were doing a trial and they basically infected them with syphilis and they didn't tell them what it was because they wanted to see how they reacted to it. And that's some bullshit. You know, they like using black people, black bodies as guinea pigs, but they're not actually doing any research into us. They're using us as guinea pigs to help the whites, the white people them. And I think that that is problematic. Um, A lot of my friends, for instance, who are black, like, look, Serena Williams even spoke recently, although she didn't allude so much to race, but she spoke recently about how traumatic her childbirth was for her and how she almost died from giving birth. So many black women are, uh, black women are at a higher risk of dying during childbirth than any other demographic of women. Why? Because first of all, um, doctors and nurses seem to think that black people can handle pain better. So they, they're they reluctant to give you the, the medication that you need to help you. Um, and they're just kind of there standing there like idiots and while you're suffering and this kind of fear of, of handling black bodies. So, 
this is not just, you know, in terms of pregnancy. This is in terms of a number of illnesses. They just, people just don't care enough about black bodies and they don't do enough research about it. So big up yourself, Cece, for the fact that you are speaking out about epilepsy because I don't know very much about it. I know friends who have it, but I don't know enough about it. And we need to know more about it if we are actually truthfully going to support each other. So thank you so much for writing in and I appreciate you. Moving on to my Nesh and my next Share Your Magnificence, it is going to be Fazana. So Fazana is a baby girl and she is a makeup artist. She's wonderful. Um, I love her dearly. Um, we've worked on a few projects together and it's it's been truly great. Now, um, Fazana recently lost her sister. Her sister passed away and uh, loss is just one of the scariest things It's honestly one of the scariest things, but it's one of the most inevitable in this life. Probably just, yeah, it's inevitable. Dying is as sure. It's the surest thing that we know that is going to happen in this life. We just don't know when. So thank you for Zana for writing in. So for Zana writes, hello, I have an unusual, um, unusual SYM shout out for you. Um, my sister Femina died exactly one month ago today. She took her last breath surrounded by her family, friends and carers at Newham General Hospital in the ITU on the 20th of February, 2018. The volume of love, support and prayers which engulfed that room at the moment of her passing both broke our hearts and also gave us confidence in the human spirit. My sister was an incredibly special person. She touched everyone who knew her. I'm shouting out her carers at Mariner Road Day Care Centre in Manor Park, East London. Her carers were made up of Somali uh, people, Nigerians, Kenyans, Caribbean people and Pakistani people. They were all passionate, dedicated, woefully underpaid, lovely people whose service to disabled people should be celebrated loudly. All the best, Faz. Firstly, like may Famina's soul rest in perfect peace. And I'm again so sorry for your loss. And this it's it's so it's so overlooked, I would say, the people who are there during these moments for us. I think sometimes we become so overwhelmed with grief that we don't notice the people who are around who are helping um like the people that Fazana just mentioned so I feel that it's truly beautiful and a testament to the work that they have done um in looking after your sister that even during this time of grieving you could remember them and write into the show for them to get a shout out so that's a you know testament to your kindness fazana but also to the great work that these people are doing in newham so it's wonderful thank you for writing that in i appreciate it greatly so the next share your magnificence comes from chris the final one for today chris says um Hi, Kalechi. I've recently started listening to your podcast, mainly at work in an office surrounded by white people. And it's been such a joy hearing your views and everyone's experiences. When I was sat on the tube, there was this elderly white woman who got on. She immediately seeked eye contact with me and gave me dirty looks as if I should just get up and surrender my seat. Normally, I don't have an issue offering my seat to the elderly or a pregnant woman on public transport. But in this situation, I felt targeted, especially because there were people around me who looked roughly the same age as me or even younger. I'm 25. As she started to walk towards me, I remained engaged with her via eye contact. She then stood in front of me and asked me to stand up. She didn't even say please. I then replied by saying no. I looked around the carriage to even see if any seats were available and there were two on the other side of the carriage. As she continued to stand over me, I said there are other seats available on the other side of the carriage. She remained in the same position for a few moments, then proceeded to move down the carriage to the other seats. 
Me speaking out felt like I was overcoming a mental barrier, not just because I'm a quiet person who isn't that outspoken. It was mainly because I feel like I've always been a people pleaser. And I think white people in my life have taken advantage of that. From friends to relationships, I feel that most of the white people in my life have just viewed me as this token black boy. However, something inside me felt that I needed to speak up and I needed to hold my ground. After I spoke those words, I felt so free and confident. I think there's a difference between being polite or generous and not letting people, mainly white people, just stamp on you. There's a fine line between the two. I'm now going to take this concept into my day-to-day life while remaining true to myself. I thank God and my family for all the progress in my life. If you're reading this, thank you. Hope you have a wonderful day and may God continue to bless you. Thank you, Chris. Amen. Thanks. I'm loving this theme. Can you see? I feel like this card combination was all every every time that the cards come up, whichever cards we get, I always believe that it's ordained and it was meant for us to, you know, we were meant to speak about it on the show. But the fact that, you know, two people, Cece and Chris, have both spoken of the fact that they had to overcome their shyness and speak out for what they believe in and they felt freer for doing so. It's so important. They're saying that, you know, we always say, oh, the truth shall set you free. And it honestly will. I'm not telling you guys to go and get fired. Please do not walk into work because you're listening to this on Monday or Tuesday and you get to work on Friday morning and you start slapping up everybody near your desk. No. But what I'm saying is like, it's time to to start finding ways to, st- to, to to mark your territory and stand your ground and just say, I am not that motherfucking bitch. I am not that bitch that you play with today. And if you thought I was the one, you got it all the way wrong. You got it fucked up because bitch, it is, it was never me. It was never me. So that's definitely the vibe that I'm getting from the strength card with the ace of cups, with the empress, that just regal energy. Like you are the king of and you're the emperor and the empress of everything that you see that you need to really rock up in these joints and let people know wagwan and that's not about shouting or screaming the most powerful people use their silence to, to get everything across you know they speak calmly to get everything across i'm not going to raise my voice to you because you're not worth it tatiana taro she put up a post last uh, last week and then she said um I think it was for the queen or maybe it was even for the empress. But she said, remember that not, not everything or everyone requires you to get up from your throne. And I thought, you know what? That is such a mood and that is such a vibe. Imagine that your life is that throne that you're sitting on and you're just observing all the waste man and the waste girl them. Now you've got to think to yourself, what is worth me getting up from this throne to shout at you or to tell you about your clock? Not much. I can just sit here and understand that I am already doing the things that I need to be doing and I don't need to waste beautiful energy on you. So that's really it for share your magnificence this week um thank you to everyone who wrote in i appreciate what you've sent in so so much um if you want me want to send me letters um about share your magnificence or so you mad or straw of the week you can send it to sym at kalechiokafor.com i know that some of you are like sending me things on whatsapp you're sending me things on facebook messenger you're sending me things on instagram dms you're sending me things on twitter and you'll find that i've either muted you or i've blocked you because i've warned you and i've warned you time and time again don't do that there is a place that you can send me anything that you want me to see but if you keep sending it to the places that I don't want to see it in we're gonna have problems and you'll then receive the next straw of the week so just behave yourself thank you so moving on then let's move on to so you mad so you mad this week is just about um when I just look over it most of it I'd say like 90% of it is about people being wild and expecting things from women that they shouldn't be expecting. So, pardon me, this whole debate was taking place on Twitter about whether a woman should keep her maiden name or not. Like, I don't understand why the conversations are so often recycled on Twitter. It's like you come on and it's the same thing over and over again. Who should pay on the date? Who should eat whose asshole? Nobody cares. Just stop. It's so dry. It's so boring. Just stop it. And my whole take on the whole name thing 
is that I'm so tired of women being expected to do everything when it comes to a union of two people. We're coming to the relationship as two human beings, as two equal human beings. Why am I taking your name? Why? When I've had my own fucking name for 31 years and you've had your name for however long you've had your name, why am I relinquishing my name to take on yours? It's not romantic. I don't understand what is romantic about shedding a part of my identity for another human being. I don't get it. It's either we come together and we share both of our identities, making it one, or we keep our separate names. Just because we're married doesn't mean we have to have the same name. So it's either one of the two, but I will, ne I will never remove. I will never remove my name. I will never remove it. Never. Never. And that's important to me because when people, I, I don't get like my friends when they were, when, you know, they were getting married and stuff. They would say, they would write on Facebook and even their like siblings would write, oh, <laughs> Today is such a happy day. My sister is taking on a new last name and I couldn't be happier. God has truly blessed her. And I'm just looking at all of them like, are you all fucking mad? Are you mad? Like what is glorious about this day? I don't get it. I, I honestly don't get it. Because when we look at the whole idea of marriage, Historically speaking, marriage is about ownership. You're really becoming somebody else's property. That's what you're becoming. That's the whole reason for dowry and everything else, because somebody is has been has shown interest in you and your father has gone, Oh, you want my daughter? Well, to have my daughter, I require you to get, get me 12 yams, five goats, three chickens, lots of super malt, and all of this stuff. And then the guy's gone, okay, I'm going to go away and I'm going to go and get all of these things and I'll bring it back. And then he brings all of the things back and the father's like, yay, you got all of the things. You saw my daughter is worthy of buying all of these things. Okay, here you go. You can have her and I'll take my name off her and you can put your name on her. Yay. It's so fucked. It's so absolutely fucked. Don't get me wrong. Do you marry and change your name and do whatever the fuck you want. But don't forget the historical significance of what you're doing because you've been brainwashed the same way that you've been brainwashed to think that diamonds are a girl's best friend and everyone's crying out for a diamond for their engagement ring and not realizing that De Beers was the one that basically started this whole campaign of diamonds are a girl's best friend because they went to, um, was it Congo that they went and they started, um, I think it was um, DRC or it would have been Sierra, Sierra Leone, Sierra Leone. They went and they started mining for diamonds and everything. And they had lots of diamonds and the diamonds didn't have worth. So they created this campaign. The jewelers created this campaign and they were like, diamonds are a girl's best friend. And they pushed it. This only recently, the, you know, it only really started happening. I want to say around the forties or the fifties. That's when they started pushing it to you that that's the ring that you want. Before that, people had any gemstone that they wanted. But all of a sudden it's like diamonds, diamonds, diamonds. So the whole industry has been geared towards surplus they had lots of diamonds they wanted to get rid of it and everyone else bought into the narrative and they're like oh I must have a diamond engagement ring and that's why we are where we are now there's nothing significant about having that diamond ring there's nothing at all and when you start breaking each aspect of marriage down or weddings down you just realize that if you want to truly live a baby girl and a baby boy life you have to sit down with each other and decide on which things you do not want to perpetuate as a sign of ownership because you wait. So you do everything that basically implies that this man owns you and then you get into the marriage and then you're vexed because he's speaking to you like your property, but you followed the whole process. So technically you've now become property rather than stripping everything away and deciding how you are going to go about your own union that will honor the two of you as two equal beings do that but if you don't do that how are you expecting to change the system when you're just perpetuating the same things over and over again and basically that's how I see the whole surname thing I just think to myself like nah like I no, I, I, I'm, I'm fine. It's either I have a double barrel surname or I keep my surname. I'm not changing anything because I don't, I don't, 
I don't understand why women are so desperate to get rid of any signs that they were ever single. I mean, I do know because we covered this before, the resentment and the way society tells you you're nothing until you become someone's wife. And I put this to you. It's also possible that marriage is not the highest echelon of a relationship. You can cultivate a beautiful relationship. There are people who have been together for years and years and years and years and they've never married. They haven't. Marriage is, again, comes back again to property. Should you die and you want your partner to inherit all of the things that you have, it's ideal to be married because then those things go to them. So those are the aspects of it that you, if you're thinking practically, think practically in those that sense. But don't think practically as in, oh yeah, we need to get married to prove how much we love each other and we want to be with each other forever. If you want to be with each other forever, you know what? Just be with each other for motherfucking ever. It's really that simple. It's so simple because for instance, logic, we saw that story that I didn't even know who the fuck he was to be perfectly honest before this week. But I saw a story that he married, um, Jessica, what's her name? Jessica something. And, um, after being married for a little while, he told her that he realized that he just wants to be single. Jessica Andrea. Yeah. He's a rapper logic. So he married her and out of the blue, he said to her, yeah, I just, actually, I think I want to be single. And everyone was like, oh, do you think that he did the right thing by doing that? And I personally think like, yeah, definitely end the marriage and not cheat. If you know that you're not happy, rather than pretending, I wrote this poem actually a while back called, um, for to the women who um, said I do to men who don't. That's the title of the poem. And it basically talks about this, the fact that people can be married and they're still behaving like they're single and you're not. So if you know that you're not ready to commit to what you have, don't go and do all of that higgy haggah and sign contracts and make it all so messy in the process. You didn't need to sign any contracts. You could have just stayed. You could have just chilled and been boyfriend and girlfriend. Now you went and married the poor girl only to wake up one morning. And you're like, so... <clears throat> Wow, I want a divorce. What? Mad, wild, absolutely wild. Not every day drop on your knees to propose. Sometimes just enjoy the presence of the person for every day that they're giving to you. There's no rush. There's really, really no rush. But I feel like within our culture, um, well, within my culture, being a Nigerian, there's just this pressure that is put on women to marry. And they're just rushing and, and they feel like, yes, oh my God, I've done it. I've done it. I've done it. As if they found the cure to cancer. And it's really not that deep. So I just wanted to share that. Um, and then I have, I was going to talk about Mac Wilde's, um, his tweet about a good woman, but I just think actually it's just pointless. He's just a useless human being. But my next, um, so you mad is about Aunt, Mac, um, Aunt McPartlin. So if you don't know Aunt McPartlin, Aunt is part of Ant and Deck. They are like the um, golden boys of England. They're the golden boys of Britain. Like they are loved very, very dearly. Um, they've used to be on Biker Grove. Biker, Biker, Biker Grove. Yeah! <laughs> I used to love that show. Anyway, um, they started there in their teens. And since then, they've been talk um, They've been presenters. They've presented as a duo for as long as I've been here, as I've been an adult. It's I, yeah, definitely. Anyway, Ant has drinking problems. He has, um, he suffer, he's suffering with um, alcohol abuse and that's terrible. It's really, really sad that that's what he's going through. However, I have a major problem with the fact that everyone's talking to him like, oh, Oh, I hope you get better soon. Oh, you're such a lovely lad. Oh, it's so sad. Oh, and and it really pisses me off because I know that if he was if he were a black man or a black woman, he would not get that response. And the reason I'm saying that is because come and see how this guy fucked his car. He was driving with his mum in the car. With his mum in the car, he was shit-faced and he crashed his car into another family. And he's getting out of the car and someone's recording it as he's getting out of the car. Um, a bystander, someone on the road is recording the whole thing. And if you saw the way that this guy, look up the video. If you saw the way that this guy got out of the car, he was wrecked. Like he was so 
off his face and the car was mashed and then that family luckily um i think someone was injured but not majorly you could have killed someone you could have killed someone like you because of what you did you could have killed someone and I don't understand how therefore everyone's turning around to him and saying, oh, and hope you get better soon. And um, Saturday night takeout or takeaway, whatever the fuck they call that show. They've been like, oh yeah, Declan is going to present um, for the last three episodes while um, Ant takes a break. And, you know, everything's all really nice and respect- respectful. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not expecting them to like shame him and flog him and whatever. But I just think it's very, very interesting the treatment that he received upon doing this and we saw visuals of what the car looked like his car looked like and what the car of the people that he crashed into what their car looked like he didn't even feel responsible enough knowing that he had his mum in the car to be like you know what maybe I shouldn't be doing this maybe I shouldn't be getting in the car and driving yet he did it anyway and that happened and it just basically sickens me now I'm very glad that Suzuki did the following. Suzuki ended their advertising campaign once they found out about the drink driving charge that he's received. It says here, Suzuki has axed TV adverts featuring Ant and Deck after Ant McPartland was charged with drink driving. The car firm will still sponsor the last two episodes um, of Saturday Night Takeaway or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, it follows his arrest after a collision on Sunday involving three vehicles in southwest London where minor injuries were recorded. Mr. McPartland um, attended Kingston Police Station on Wednesday where he was interviewed under caution. The presenter will appear at Wimbledon Magistrates Court on 4th of April. Um, the TV star could face up to six months in prison, an unlimited fine and a minimum driving ban of the year if found guilty. Police said a 42-year-old man was arrested at the scene of the incident after failing a roadside breathalyzer test. Mr. McPartland's publicist subsequently confirmed the presenter will be taking time off from his TV commitments for the foreseeable, uh, foreseeable future and would seek further treatment. He entered rehab in June 2017 after developing an addiction to prescription painkillers following a knee operation in 2015 he later said he was overwhelmed by the public support um, meanwhile itv confirmed on wednesday that declan donnelly will present saturday night takeaway on his own for the rest of the series the saturday uh, this saturday show was cancelled after mr mcpartland's arrest but the following two episodes which will air on the 31st of march and 7th of april will now be presented solo by donnelly and i'm personally glad i'm glad that suzuki took the deal away because if you want to behave irresponsibly, you shouldn't be given nice things. It's really, really that simple. And I thought it was one car, but it was obviously a second car. So the three cars are wrecked. Three possible families could have been greatly, greatly injured by your decisions. And everyone's running to him going, oh, may get well soon, hope it's all okay. I think that compassion is a wonderful thing, but at the same time, that compassion isn't universal. Not everyone can receive that compassion. I've seen it many, many times. So I think that that is a problem in itself. And sometimes responsibility, you know, it's responsibility for the things that we are doing. And drink driving is something that it bothers me because we are all out here on these roads, whether it's pedestrians or drivers or whatever. And because of someone's bad choices that they're, they're, they're ill-informed decisions you can take a life just like that just like that and then what and that is a problem so i'm glad that suzuki ended the deal the advertising deal with them um you know to not sponsor anthony um anton deck personally and just do the show good because there has to be consequences when people do a madness but anyway Moving on from Ant, we'll go to Straw of the Week. So Straw of the Week, um, you would know who it's going out to, really. It's going out to, if you've been following my Instagram story, it's going out to Erica Esposito. Erica Esposito is a dickhead. Um, she's a dickhead because she's a pole dancer. She goes by, I think her name is at Lucy Lou underscore pole um, on Instagram. She's a dickhead um, because she lives in Italy. And she entered a pole sports and arts pole dance competition in Italy. And she wanted to pay homage to Whoopi Goldberg. So <laughs> you guessed it. She painted her face black. 
She painted her face black to pay homage to Whoopi Goldberg from Sister Act. They called their act Gospel Sisters. And she wore a nun's outfit as if that wouldn't be clear enough because I'm sure they were playing the soundtrack of Oh Happy Days. So you're playing a soundtrack and you're wearing a nun outfit. We get it. But you now have to go and paint your face black. That was unnecessary. Very, very unnecessary. So... I've always known for a while, ever since I entered the pole community, that we have a massive race problem within the pole dance community. The pole dance community is incredibly racist. Like it's horribly racist in how the people that they promote, the kind of styles that they promote, the feedback that they give to dancers, black dancers often being told, oh, that was really ghetto and sassy. Like, what the fuck do you mean? I was pretty much ballet dancing, you dickhead. But they will say all of these things and it's very, very racialized when it comes to black people. Um, so I'm not surprised by this. And I'm also not surprised at the silence of the judges that were part of this competition and all of that, that none of that shocks me because it rem- I don't know if some of you know, but, um, a story about me went viral when I was planning to teach a twerk workshop at a studio, um, in Manchester, a pole dance studio in Manchester. And I contacted them and I said, here's a video of what I do. Cause I see that you do t- 30 minute twerk sessions. And you've also credited Miley Cyrus as basically the one who created twerk. So I just thought I'd come by and educate you on what I know. And the lady responded with, I don't enjoy your style. I find it basic. When me and my girls twerk, we get our knee pads on and throw down. And I was just thinking, Ra, who puts knee pads on to throw down? You're obviously waist gash. You obviously can't handle the ting, but whatever. And that story went viral because too often we're so, so tired of the cultural appropriation that goes into people wanting the things that we do, but not wanting to give us credit for it and hating us the whole time. Anyway, after Erica was dragged within an inch of her life, um, also big up the people that brought this to my attention, the two pole dancers that brought this to my attention. Um, I appreciate you um, by for sending me the link. Anyway, Erica wrote the following on her Facebook page. She said, Today I have removed my image with blackface. Yes, I did it. I painted my face and went on stage to act whoopee and sister act. I think that racism is only in your eyes. I'm really, really sad of someone be offended for this decision. I did not want to offend anyone. I just want to do a tribute to her incredible expressive face and smile. The day before I asked the organization if they think that we could be offensive for someone and they answer me that it's okay. I'm sorry for my girls and I'm sorry if someone think I'm racist only for this reason. I have learned a lesson today. If you're not Japanese, don't act a geisha. If you are a man, don't act a woman. If you are not an alien, don't act it. If you are not a snake, don't act it. If you are not a soldier, don't act it. So clearly you can see that Erica is a, she's a prick. She's a, she's, she's an incredibly racist prick because she's one of those racists that you can tell them until you're blue in the face, why, what they did is racist. And they'll look at you and go, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think you're imagining it because I'm not a racist person because I'm a nice person. And I like black people. I like their smiles and I like their expressive faces. Fam, we're not clowns. We're not fucking clowns. And so you wanted to pay homage to Whoopi Goldberg's smile and her expressions. Why did you need to paint your face black? Because her smile isn't black. You could have done the expressions without painting. Like it's so ludicrous that you'd think that you needed to do that. It's really, really wild, especially since you were already wearing the fucking nun outfit. You want to pay tribute to Whoopi so much, but you can't even spell her name right in this whole fucking thing that you wrote. It's ridiculous. And it just angers me because I'm so tired of people going, I'm, I can't be racist. I'm a nice person. No, you can be. And you've just shown us by what you've literally just done. And the thing is, you must have clocked that an element of it was racist because you went and asked the organizers the day before whether what you were doing might be offensive to people. So if you felt like it could possibly be offensive, why did you go ahead with it? Oh, because they said it was okay. So if they told you to jump off a bridge, would you do that too? Huh? No. No, you wouldn't. But this one, you thought it was okay. And also, fuck the pole dance, pole art and pole sport organization that put this shit on and even told her that it was okay. All of you, you guys can get straws because you're motherfucking dickheads and you guys are further helping to uphold the structures of racism within the pole dance community by thinking this shit is okay. So fuck you also. But when she now said... um. 
I have learned a lesson today. If you're not Japanese, don't act a geisha. If you're not an alien, don't act it. If you're not a snake, don't act it. Why are you conflating being black with being a snake and being an alien? Who in your family is mad and how do they pass it on to you? Or is it your entire village that's mad? Is there something in your motherfucking spaghetti? Is there something in your Ross Clark bolognese? Like what the fuck? Like what are you talking about? About, oh, if you're not an alien, don't act it. If you're not a snake, don't act it. No, when it comes down to things like this, blackface is, it's, repulsive because it has such a clear history of why it's racist you could just google it it's, it's got such a clear history of why it's racist and then you're conflating it with being an alien and being a snake wow wow so I obviously wrote back to her and I told her that it's not about being a snake and it's not about any of that. Um, I dragged her a little bit, but I just ended it and I said, sending you love and light on your journey to common sense because she's going to be on a long journey to common sense. From what I can see, she's got a long way to go. No Cassie, but whatever. Any, anyway, um, she then said, she finished by saying, um, some Genesis Elijah, big up Genesis Elijah, he said to her, so you recognize it as blackface, but you didn't think it would offend. You knew exactly what you were doing. If you want to pay, pay tribute, then do it by being respectful to our race and culture. She responded with, I don't know. Now I can only cry. I'm really depressed for this. Now I don't know now how to explain my sorrow. White tears all of the time. You, you pull up a white woman about anything that she's done wrong. And the first thing she draws for is her tears. Now she's telling us that she's crying. Same thing with Mary Beard or when she said that nonsense about Haiti. Um, basically trying to justify the violations that the women and children of Haiti suffered from these Oxfam dickheads. She was like, oh, but you know, maybe being in such savage areas kind of brings that out of you. Shut up, Mary. Next thing, Mary's crying like, oh, I never meant it like that. I'm not a racist. Stop crying. Use your inside voice and speak properly. Use your adult voice and speak properly. Why are you crying for? Say your words. Say your words. Use your words. Use your adult words. So it just really, really aggravated me that she decided to cry. I just thought you're an idiot. You're an actual idiot. But also I'm disgusted by um, um, judges such as Dmitry Politov, who was there. He heard about what happened. He heard about the fuckeries that happened. And he basically said he was going to stay quiet because, you know, why should I get involved? I'm not racist. You know, the dancing that I do, crunk and, and pop and locking and break dancing is inspired by black people. In fact, I wanted to be black at some point, but, um, you know, I just want to stay out of this. And this is interesting. You all want to take things from black people. You all want to have nice things from black people. But when it comes to the time for actually speaking out for black people, you're all deadly silent. Look at all the, the numbers of black men who are killed, um, you know, just black people, not even black men, black people who are killed while in police custody. Let's just look at that, that group of people, a large group of people who are killed in police custody. All of you white people that like to sleep with black people, where are your voices? Why aren't you speaking out about that? Why aren't you doing anything? Where, why, where have you written a tweet? Where have you posted on Instagram to show your outrage at the things that is happening to black people? You don't care because for you, you want an individual black person to fulfill your individual fetishes and you don't care about the, the larger things, about their, their humanity at large on a global scale means fuck all to you because it's about the individual person. And that's sad because like I'm always saying, the personal is rascal political. So if you're going to care about the one, you're going to have to care about the all, unfortunately for you. So that's really it. That's all I have to say. I'm, I was going to mention comic relief. Yeah, actually, I'll just say that as you know, my straw of the week goes out to Erica Esposito. Don't ever do blackface again in your motherfucking life. And anyone else that thinks it's hilarious to go and paint their uh, face black, whether they're in the Netherlands, uh, Netherlands for Schwarzer Piet and wherever else, wherever else in the world you think it's cute to paint your um, faces black, I need you to take all of the straws that you can find. Go Walmart, Asda, wherever you need to go, Sainsbury's, Tesco, Waitrose, Whole Foods, find all of the stores, straws, buy 
all of the straws and use them to suck your mum until she's emaciated, you fucking dickheads. It is so, un- it's so racist and it's so disrespectful. So fuck you all, suck your mums. That's it. Um, as for Comic Relief, Comic Relief have finally agreed because of David Lammy, right honourable David Lammy MP has been petitioning them saying that they should stop with their white saviour narrative for every Comic Relief special that they do. Last one was Ed Sheeran standing in front of black children looking like he's saving them all. Comic Relief has said, yeah, okay, we're going to stop it. We're not going to do our white saviour narrative this year. We're going to let the black people speak for themselves. So before I give them a straw, this is just a preemptive, this is a retroactive straw for all of the times that they've done it before. They get a straw for that. But a preemptive straw for how they're going to deal with this comic relief. I really want to see how they execute. Oh, give money to these hungry black children. We won't speak about the fake debt that we've put their countries in, but give money to this black children. But we're not going to use a celebrity to tell you why you should. Let's see how that plays out. Preemptive straw for them just for now. So they can relieve their mother from her, of her juices. But that's it for this week. That's all I gotta say to you, baby. Remember what I said about the tarot? The strength card, ace of cups, the empress. All of it is one solid message that tame that beast, whether you're letting it out, whether you're quelling it, whatever you're doing. But if you can master that inner, that inner ferocity, so many blessings are coming your way emotionally and, you know, physically in the physical realm and the spiritual realm, which means that you can rule over so much and so much. There's so much fertility, so much virility to you. You have to all channel your feminine energy and use it to accomplish great, great things. Um, you can follow me on at Kolechnikov or on at Say Your Mind Pod. I'll add the Eventbrite page to the spring showcase. And I'll also give you CC's link if you want to read CC's um, uh, blog about epilepsy and everything else. And that's basically it. I hope you will have a wonderful week and I'll be catching you later. You've been listening to SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind and unofficially known as What What? That's it. Suck your mom. Peace. It's the Ben's Punani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sip it yo Hot time scrolling for your long truths You might learn something you never know Could let you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind